Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Yeah, so Chicago sports for sure. Afternoons on The Score. I do feel really good about the defensive staff you know, that, that we have currently. Um, those guys have all been retained. Um, you guys know that we've retained... You know, uh, you know, Simo's been retained. You know, Dre has been retained, and uh, Luke Stecco and Cable have also been retained. And uh, those guys are wonderful coaches. Have done a really good job in the growth and development of their positions. Um, and so we're certainly excited about that for sure. Jay Gruden will join us in just over 20 minutes. Peter King in an hour and 20 minutes. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. That's Matt Eberflus talking about the coaches who are here. Shane Waldron is, has officially been announced. I would expect one or two names uh, that they interviewed for OC to be added to Shane Waldron's staff. Call that an informed uh, piece of speculation. Um, maybe the older Greg Olson as a quarterback's coach. I could see another name or two uh, that they interviewed there being added to the staff, but um, I'll be honest, like I haven't spent a moment of time fretting over, considering, thinking about the Bears defensive coordinator hire beyond, oh, it'd be cool if it was Chris Harris. Yeah. Like, 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 that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, ex-Bear, loves the city, coming back, all those sort of things. I just... Matt Eberflus, the defense got better when Alan Williams got fired for weirdness and Matt Eberflus took over the defensive play calling. And if Matt Eberflus isn't your defensive play caller, then what would you say you do here? I just, I don't think that the defensive coordinator on a Matt Eberflus coaching staff matters that much. No, no, no. It's like an honorary position. At this point, you bring in Chris Harris because you give him a title. You know, you want his input. You want him to oversee the, the the defensive side of the ball. But we all know who will be, you know, handling that. And what did Matt Eberflus say in his meeting? Yeah, the guy calling now was great. You know who that was? It was me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like, I want that. Like, that guy wants to be calling plays for the Chicago Bears defense. I I think so. <laughs> and, and, I, listen, and I think there's a lot of guys that can do – that job oh yeah you know so i just it's not I, I i'm sure you could be bad you could you could be you could be a bag you could create infighting uh jealousy gossip you, you know what i mean you could be like an out for yourself career it's like you can't hire a bad guy no, but you can't be worse than alvin williams though so you're good alvin williams, <laughs> yeah, alvin williams good, yeah. yeah yeah alvin alvin whatever yeah. uh yeah i just i don't know i my guess is he's gonna hire a buddy of his who he wants to do a favor for in coaching 
and maybe even promote someone in-house. We still don't know if Phil Snow actually exists. We don't really know why it wasn't <laughs> John Hoke. You know what I mean? I, I just That hire feels very – I mean, quarterback coach is a bigger deal. Wide receiver coach is a bigger deal at this point. I just – I don't find this person to be a terribly – uh, influential hire for this organization. But Danny, they wanted a, they they wanted an all star staff. They wanted not only on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side as well. Yeah, but if you were an up and coming coach who wanted a path to being a head coach, sure. Would you like? I, that's why the offensive coordinator job for the Bears is appealing because you're the top offensive guy in the building. You're empowered. You get to call the plays. You get to run the meetings. You get to do all those things. If you're the defensive coordinator, like the less, I don't want to say the less important side of the ball, but it's the less important side of the ball. And generally speaking, about seven out of 10 new coaches in the NFL are offensive guys compared to defensive guys. So if you're a defensive coach who wants to buck the trend of get hired to be a head coach one day, you've got to at least go to a place where you can call the plays. You know, like you're, you're never going to be more than second fiddle on a Matt Eberflus coaching staff. Right, right. You want to be the guy with the uh, the plastic sheet over your mouth, you know, while the camera's on you. You want you don't want to be the guy just kind of like standing behind Flus, kind of saying yes. Why would they ever yeah. show you on camera? <laughs> never. Why? Like, <laughs> what, why? Never. Why would you show you? But that's why I like a guy. I, I didn't. I wouldn't mind a guy like Ron Rivera, right? Someone who you know can handle defense, doesn't really care. Isn't he overqualified? Yeah, but that's just it, right? Well, who else is giving him that? He's it's. It's not going to be a head coaching job, so it's going to be a coordinator position that he's going to get. And it's, I don't necessarily know if, or would think that he'd then say, okay, well, I cannot wait to get my head coaching chops you know, handled again. So give me a defensive coordinator position with the Bears. Let me help this Iberflus guy out. Let's build something beautiful over here. I don't know. In my mind, it, it plays out that way. Sure. I, I, I think the, the Chris Harris thing, like a, t- a texter said – Maybe Chris Harris brings a bunch of energy. Like he's likable, okay. he's young, he's energetic, like a player's coach. Because I I still we have some examples of teammates like really going to bat publicly for Eberflus, but we don't have a ton. And we're not in the locker room, we're not in the, you know, we're not in the film room, we're not on the team plane. It it strikes me as hard to believe that. Hey, Mang and, you know, Dino Dog and Dino Dex and that's Montez. Strikes me as hard to believe. I mean, we I said to Jalen, I'm like, do you guys laugh at him? Is he like the dad with the corny jokes? And he was like, yeah, you're not terribly far off. Like, maybe that is the perfect role. It's like a younger up-and-coming coach who's closer to these guys in age that can relate to the players, who's versed in the scheme and can just kind of be like the cool guy when Matty Bruce is out of the room. More Antonio Pierce-esque. Right, where yeah. he's, he's, he's the guy kind of getting guys robbed up, but he's been there. People kind of respect him. He's played the game at a high level. Played in the NFL, yeah. close to them in age, knows what they're going through. I like it. Like it, To me, that does make sense for the the role under Matt Eberflus. Like a different personality type, a different all of it, age, demographic, all of that stuff. That, that, that feels like that would matter. Uh, if I was, but but ultimately, I'm not going to waste much sleep over. No, I don't really. I, I waste sleep over my kids, but not <laughs> but not either of these hires. Which we talked about. Yes. We're, we're talking. 
our kids, man, are the, the exact same age, and they cause the exact same problems, but different. In terms of the... Yeah. Yeah. How, much, how many hours of sleep did you get last night? Or no, no, better question is how many hours or how much time were you awake in the middle of the night? That's a better question. I was only woken up once, and it was by the four-year-old, which is the frustrating thing because the 20-month-old is sleeping through the night, 12 <laughs> yeah. hours a night. He's a, he's a gem. And he wakes up, and he tells me that he's, that he's got to go to the bathroom. No. Oh. Quality, top quality information there. But I said, buddy, you got a diaper. You can go by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to pull up. But he <laughs> likes to go. You know, he likes to go number one by himself. And I'm like, all right, like you can do this by yourself. And he, I, you don't need me to watch you. Goes, oh yeah, okay, okay, daddy. And then he goes to the bathroom and goes back to bed. That's great. So, but but he he yells. He's screaming at the yeah. top of his lungs to wake me up to come in there to tell me this information. Something like waking up to, to a scream. To, to, sc- to yeah, a yeah. scream. Yeah. I feel a poo coming. That's basically what it is. <laughs> Dad, I have to go pee. All right, buddy. Thanks. Then then, then you should go. I want you to watch me. No. <laughs> you can do this by yourself. Oh, right. Okay, Dad. And then he goes. And then he gets back in bed. And then it's over. But so now I'm awake. It's 2 in the morning. <laughs> What do I, literally, you've looked at your phone. You've now the circadian rhythms off. I've stood, off. O- I've stood yeah. up. I've yeah. gone out there. My feet have hit the hardwood floor. Yeah. I, it, it's I, yeah. And wife's sound asleep next to you. Sound asleep. I know. I know this feeling. Also. Sound, sound. And asleep. you're hating life. <laughs> hating life. Hating wife. Hating everything. Yeah. I feel a poo coming. <laughs> that's not. That's not good. It's it's a lot, man. It it is it it is a lot. But all right. So you're you're on board now with Chris Harris. Shane, you said the defensive coordinator hire was very interesting to you. Do you have do you have do you have a guy? Well, I think that I don't the, mean to make you scramble. Over no, there. no, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I was I was thinking about something else for a second. Um, I get it. Which is a bad idea because you know, we're we're in segment. But <laughs> it, it, we need the other connection. Like Shane and Chris are digging into the draft. Shane and Chris are great mentors. Oh. Shane and Chris are running the offense and defense. We Chris need- and Shane are a true testament to the power of mentorship. We need wow. Shane Waldron and Chris Harris for so many reasons. I mean, in how did I not think of that? In the press release, Matt Eberflus is quoted, and we need the audio for this. If someone can send it to us, I'm going to give you two quotes here. We are excited to add Shane to our coaching staff. I also want to thank all the candidates we spoke to throughout the interview process. This was a very exhaustive, exhaustive search, but in the end, I'm grateful the journey led us to Shane. <laughs> Shane and Chris really dig into this draft. I know it's a little self-serving for the guys on this side of the glass, but it makes the most sense. <laughs> it does. It does. I, I, I'm, I'm mad at myself for not thinking about it. I think it's because I just call you Tanny. I sometimes forget that you have a first name. Uh, Shane thinks that my wife calls me Tanny at home. <laughs> she doesn't? No. should. But, yeah. Tan? You know, the little tan? Hey, Tan. The, the tan man. <laughs> I yeah, man, that's it. That's right. Because okay, cool. Titans defensive line coach Terrell Williams is interviewing for the job. We don't need. It's not need, exciting. We don't need a Terrell. We need a Shane and Chris. We can get one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're gonna hire for a part timer soon. I'm sure. I'll just pick the first Terrell. Fine. Yeah. Hire a Terrell. Perfect. Okay. I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. I, it's actually a pretty good idea that they should hire for drop purposes uh, for our show. I think that makes perfect sense. Terrell, congratulations. Good luck the rest of the way. Stay in one piece. All right, man, Terrell.
It's true. Exactly. Plenty of opportunity. All right. Well, we will see who they end up do what they end up doing. I don't I think it's a nominal hire. I was gonna say, I mean, when you really, you know, ultimately think about it, I mean, okay, where do you think the Bears defense should be next year? I disagree with Bernstein who says they're top five, whoever coaches it. I think that they will be a top half of the league defense that has the potential to be top five. Yeah, top five is a bold statement. They played very well when healthy. Um, against bad quarterbacks. Against bad quarterbacks. So, I mean, you saw what they did against, you know, good teams. I, I would say top half for sure. Middle of the pack is where I wanted them to be this year. You know, I just wanted them to and be. And they, they finished and there. They, and they did, and it was great to see it because you knew that if the defense was better based off two years ago, that, you know, there would be – some wins added onto that total just based off just just off their defense playing better. Yeah. Because you knew the offense was putting up points. They just, you know, couldn't close out games two years ago. And then this year you'd say, okay, you got a little bit better. But again, you try to think of what that jump looks like. If they can get another defensive end like a Daniel Hunter, see what they do in the in in the draft. But I still doesn't don't think it becomes then automatically top five. I listen, nothing can be an automatic top five. What I do think is the most Likely, like if if they hit on a another pass rusher, which is a it's a tough position to hit on. There's a ton of busts that get drafted high, but like if they if they go quarterback receiver in the draft, and then they you know draft a defensive end in the second or third round, like and then hope that he's like Jervon Dexter type, you know, they need someone to produce opposite Montez Sweat. That's the big thing that because I think Montez Sweat is good, obviously, uh, but they did some feasting on some bad teams. They just did, and so they they had one performance against a good quarterback, where that that game against the Lions, where they, that was very impressive. That was that was an excellent. Yeah. That was an especially excellent. back to back meetings to do it to Jared Goff. Yeah, and I mean, the, the first game, they disrupted him except for the end of the half and the end of the game, and they lost. <laughs> yeah, except so, for the so, important parts of the game. <laughs> except for those parts of the game, they did pretty well. And then the second time, they were they were dominant. But for everything else was, there's a little bit of an asterisk that I think has to be hung on it. But it is a good, young defense that should get better. I think they need another edge rusher, and I think they need to replace Eddie Jackson. That's not that long of a shopping list for a defense that, in theory, has some spots where you, like Dexter should be better because he was better second half of the year than the first half of the year. Um, Kyler Gordon and Tyreek Stevenson should be better. They're young corners. And, I mean, Edwards and Edmonds were basically exactly what you paid for. Yeah. J- Jalen's in the prime of his career. As long as Brisker can stay healthy. You know, I, I, think, I think that the defense has the potential to be great and the floor is will be good. Yeah, you see some teams in the playoffs, you know, how they're operating up the middle on defense, and there are disruptors on a lot of those teams. And so if you look at the Bears, granted, you know, Billings has done a good job, but, you know, if you're looking where there can be upgrades, right, where there could be a, a bigger impact, middle of that line for sure. I mean, again, you'd want that to come from Dexter or Pickens or Billings for that matter, Justin Jones as well, if you bring him. But, but again, I think it's just – Upgrades. Where can you have a difference maker? You saw what Montez Sweat can can be, and if you can, you know, somehow hit on that in the middle, and then on the other side. I mean, I think the Bears defense still has definitely significant room to grow uh, in order to be, you know, at the top of the league. I sure. could see, I could see them also if they don't take like uh, the kid from UCLA or Jared versus the kid from Florida State, like that second first round pick. Um, 
signing a veteran on like a one-year deal. Oh yeah, opposite Montez Sweat, and not relying on a rookie. Yeah, like like paying Daniil Hunter fifteen million dollars or something like that to to come in and. Uh, so, like, not a long-term solution, but a, we know you're good, we know you can still play, come perform for us this year, and we will draft a kid right, in, next year, in, first in, round. in the first round yeah. with the 22nd mm-hmm. pick in the draft. And he's going to be badass. I, 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 could see, I could see that, like, a stopgap measure with an expensive veteran uh, on a short-term deal. Uh, we're going to talk to Jay Gruden in just a couple minutes, but I, so I just want to squeeze in a little bit of bulls with you. Yeah. Is there a way that Kobe White, can finish with a good enough season where the season is a success strictly because of his development. Like, is that on the table? And we can come back to this later, but yeah, I, 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 I want to, I think it have to, I think it depend on the years after that, because if you're telling me this, the season is a success for Kobe white bulls didn't perform particularly well, but Kobe white is then going to duplicate that success from here on out. There is no regression it is the new Kobe White, then yes. But if it's a flash in the pan or he's going to be, you know, you know, the deviation is just too close to kind of get somewhere else, then then no, I would say no. Okay, because I, I still don't know. Last night he was spectacular. He was on the floor with Hall of Famers. Killing. And killing. He, you know what I mean? That, that is a game where you're like, okay, wait a minute. There's four or five max contracts. Like, you know what I mean? These are eight-time All-Stars, dudes that are going into the Hall of Fame, and he's one of the best players on the floor and is clearly not overmatched in control of these things. If he's that dude and he can be one of the three best players on a winning team, but this particular team is a nine seed that loses in the playoff play-in game and it's another wasted season, but we look at it as the turning point of a homegrown, young, exciting, developmental, future All-Star guard – I could squint and say that it was a net positive of a season, but he still is like a a make-miss player. Like when he goes cold, it's not as effective, obviously, like for anybody, but he just, like I don't know yet if he is just a product of someone has to fill up the stat sheet on a bad team, and can he be this guy on a team that wins multiple playoff series in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, th- I, I don't know yet. Yeah, I think there's no doubt about his confidence is there, right, where he feels as though, hey, I don't care if Kevin Durant is on me in seven foot, I'm going to go to the cup, hit this layup on him, yeah. and still finish in, in crunch time. So I think he has that. I think so there's that believability factor that's there. And, and, I, and I was talking this about, about this with Speaks last time I was on with him, and it was just more so like guys like Pat Will and Kobe, they've been watching DeMar and Zach try to perform at a high level. And I think sometimes you say to yourself when you're, when you're a guy like Kobe or Pat Will, he says, I could do that. I could do that. I can get to the cup. I see Zach getting to the cup. Wait, I could do that. I shoot threes, but I also could dunk on you like he did yesterday when he yeah. stormed the middle of the lane. Like, he can do those things. And so I think it's the believability factor. But again, Danny, to your point, though, you know, you are talking about guys that have done it consistently on Phoenix's roster. Right? And I think that's what just what we're missing from Kobe, where a lot of people talk about the work he puts in, you know, outside of the games and, and things like that. And so it'll just be interesting to see him do it again next year. Can you come back now that you signed your contract, you performed well, you showed that you can do it without Zach and DeMar in the lineup or in Vooch for that matter. But can you do it next year, though? 
Can you do it next year for me? Can you hit six threes for me next year? Can you do it when the other team is gunning for you? Can you do it when the other team has you as as the top guy in the the game plan consistently? It's happened some this year, but like with with a degree of consistency. So it's very impressive, though, and he's crazy fun to watch. And I think the Suns at 13 to 1 is not a terrible NBA Finals bet, by the way, right now. Um, Jay Gruden had Sean McVay as his offensive coordinator, he has had Shane Waldron on his staff, and he's out of coaching. And seemingly very opinionated right now. So we'll see what Jay Gruden's willing to say about the state of the Bears next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. That's part of the coaching tree. The trunk is on the left and one of the branches is on the right. (laughs) Because John Gruden got started in pro football and Mike Holmgren was an assistant coach under George Seifert of San Francisco. Comes from a family where his father and his brother very instrumental in football through the years. One thing you're going to see with Andy Dalton today is he doesn't present himself as a rookie quarterback would. He has a great feel for their offense. Jay Gruden has done, the offense coordinator has done a tremendous job. And it's about time people start recognizing how good of an offensive mind and beyond that, how good of a head coach Jay Gruden is. Yeah, and his, not, not his first time as a head coach. He was a head coach in the Arena League. Certainly uh, had a lot of experience there as a player as well. He's got a wealth of knowledge about offense. And look for Jordan Reed on third down. That has been Kirk Cousins' primary target. Pressure wide open. First down, and there he is, Jordan Reed. Nice combination by offensive coordinator Sean McVay. There's Sean McVay, the youthful offensive coordinator for the Redskins, just 30 years old. He's going to be a great one, and he's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. He told me left tackle Trent Williams wants to catch passes. they got a lot of guys that he can utilize. Wilson's throw, and that's Freddie Swain. This is one of the wrinkles. Remember, Shane Waldron, coordinator, came from this Rams system. This is why Pete Carroll went outside of his familiarity. He didn't have background with Shane Waldron, but he wanted someone to run the ball, to be innovative in that Shanahan tree, McVay tree, to find ways to run it. Joining us now on the hotline, and you can see him on our Twitch and YouTube stream as well, is Jay Gruden. Longtime coach everywhere. You just heard it there in the open. Head coach in Washington. Had Shane Waldron on his staff. Most recently an offensive consultant for Sean McVay with the Rams. He had Sean McVay as his coordinator in Washington. Jay Gruden with us on the score. Jay, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, what should Bears fans know about Shane Waldron? Well, you know, he he's a good football coach, obviously. I got him in 2016. Uh, he was at UMass. He had some experience with the New England Patriots. I always like to try to get coaches from different systems to add a little bit of more different perspective on the offense, and he did that. He drew up a lot of our passes for us as quality control guy. And then when Sean branched out to, to the Rams, the first guy he asked for was Shane Waldron and made him tight ends coach and then later promoted him to passing game coordinator and then obviously Seattle took him to be their offensive coordinator so uh, Shane's a great guy very detail oriented guy understands offense understands the run game understands a quick pass game the bootleg how to move the quarterbacks to launch points so he's got it all going for him I think the most important thing Shane will do is utilize the talent that's in-house whether they keep Justin Fields or they move on and and obviously get one of the quarterbacks in the draft he'll figure it out and figure out ways to use them in the best way that's best for the Bears. Jay, I've heard a lot of stuff saying that, you know, Shane is just a really nice guy as well, right? I mean, you mentioned, you know, him being a student of the game, breaking things down properly. Do you think that he, he'd, he'd welcome uh, a, a brand new, you know, unmolded quarterback because that is something that he would want to tackle? 
I think he'd be open to either one. I know Justin Fields had uh, some really, a really good stretch there, played some really good football. He's athletic. So obviously I think that'd be a fun guy to coach, but if they chose to move on, obviously he'll do what the head coach wants, but if they choose, chose to move on, coach Eberflus wants to move on, then I'm sure he'd welcome the athleticism of Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels or uh, the size of Drake May. So he can go a lot of different ways, but he's a really a good team player. He'll do what the coach wants. He's a very loyal guy and he'll make do with what he has. What would you do? What would I do? Well, <laughs> I, I'd have to get to know these quarterbacks coming out in a draft very, very well. It, it takes a lot of time. This is not something you just say, hey, I would do this without doing the due diligence and studying every game that these quarterbacks have ever played, getting to know them personally, how they how they uh, handle information, how they can uh, uh, study the game and, and their work ethic and their desire to play football. And the, the, do they really love football? And I got to get to know Justin Fields, too, because I don't know him. So it's going to take a lot of time. Just by seeing it from the outside, I would probably look to trade Justin and take one of these uh, young guys in the draft because you always have to look to upgrade the quarterback position, no matter how good you think the quarterback you have in-house is. If you have a chance to upgrade it, I think you got to take that, that chance. Jay, I'm thinking about a coach like Iberflus and how he operated with Lou Getze last year. It was kind of, you know, hey, you let him do his thing, kind of let him operate. But there has to come moments where there are disagreements. Could you think of a moment maybe between you and, and Shane Waldron where you guys didn't necessarily see eye to eye on something? And, and what was the result of it? No, not really. When I had Shane, he was a quality control guy, so he didn't really speak up a whole lot. You know, he just took the information we gave him, processed it, made it available for the players and the quarterbacks and the running backs and the tight ends and receivers and all that stuff. He offered ideas, of course. But, you know, when you're the head coach, you're really not looking for coaches to disagree with you and argue with you in front of the team or on the <laughs> sideline. Uh, their job is to uh, provide you with information. Shane did that. He did a great job of that. But there weren't many altercations, so to speak. We're talking to uh, Jay Gruden here. He had Shane Waldron on his staff in, in Washington. How would you say he is different than Luke Getze? You know... <sighs> I, I, I don't know. I don't really know Luke. I watched their offense, and I think Luke did some really good things there. I think they struggled early, and then they came on like gangbusters, and I really thought Chicago there towards the late half of the season was playing as good a football as anybody in the National Football League. So uh, I thought Luke did some good things. But I think uh, overall, I think both coordinators will utilize the players that they have. Both team, both guys want to try to run the ball and establish run. I think Shane will probably be a little bit more – uh, uh, open to the fact to try to open up or stick with the run a little bit more because the play actions, what he's learned from uh, the Shanahan system and the McVay system and what we did in Washington, uh, we really try to force the run, play physical at the line of scrimmage, and then everything else opens off of that. The quick game, the movement packages, which are critical. You get easy completions for the quarterback that way, keep them protected. Uh, but obviously you have to have a good protection plan on third down, and I think he'll do his work on that as well to make sure the quarterback is protected at all times. Yeah, so help, help us out here, right? The McVay-Shanahan thing, it's taken over the league. It's damn near half the league. Like Getze under LaFleur, who has ties to that too. It, it feels like it is all going back to that. Why is the McVay tree, like the tree and the system right now for the modern NFL? Um, you know, that's a good question. He had a lot of success. You know, you know, I hired Sean to be the youngest offensive coordinator in the National Football League, and that was probably a mistake on my part because now everybody wants young guys. If it wasn't for me, then uh, there'd still be hiring old guys. I'd have a chance. But uh, I think what the whole thing is about is trying to get the ball out, protect your quarterback, get the quarterback on different launch angles, and try to get him in the best 
positive situations you can. There's nothing magical about it. The trees are the trees, whether it came from my tree or my brother's tree or McVeigh's tree or whoever's tree. These guys, it's their job to study and make their own mark in the National Football League. Everybody knows how to run outside zone. Everybody knows how to run the gap plays, the duo plays, the power plays. Everybody knows how to run bootlegs and play action. It's about when you call them and how you call them and how you utilize the talent that you have. Some offensive coaches have a lot more talent than others, so their system looks a hell of a lot better than others. Uh, but the whole fact of the matter is you try to stay balanced as you can on offense, uh, keep the defense uh, on their toes and, and give them different things to look at week in and week out. And that's the coordinator's job. And I think Shane can do that. I feel like a lot of people here in Chicago are on either side of the fence when it comes to the direction of the Chicago Bears and and how to get to a Super Bowl. You hear a lot of people saying, well, hey, man, you got to use that that first pick on a guy that can be generational. And others are saying, hey, you have someone that is pretty good and, you know, you can build your team around them if you were to create some draft capital. As a former head coach, as someone who consumes this league, what do you think is the better of the two paths? I don't think pretty good gets you to where you want to go in the National Football League at the quarterback spot. Now, it's happened before. Obviously, there's been some pretty good quarterbacks that have won Super Bowl. But but, but if you look at Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, these guys have a stranglehold on the – and Matthew Stafford won it. Um, obviously, the winner this year is probably going to go through Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, maybe Brock Purdy is the outlier there, but he's got a great team around him. So that would be your argument there. Hey, surround Brock Purdy with great people. But it's hard to get that many great people and surround a guy. There's not that many elite players at different positions. Uh, San Fran has elite player at tackle. They have a couple of elite receivers. They have two elite linebackers. They have two uh, elite pass rushers. Uh, you know, So it's very difficult elite running back um, to surround him with that kind of people. So I, in my mind, I think you got to look for elite quarterback Every year that you are into this business, you try to find that guy at that position because it is the most important position in sports. We're talking to Jay Gruden here on the score. Uh, so we have it from a source that Zach Robinson was told that he was the runner-up to Waldron for the offensive coordinator job, but they also you know, kind of represent as different schemes. What does it tell you about the process that those were the, the final two, Zach Robinson and Shane Waldron? Well, Zach comes from a similar – I had Zach as a quarterback in Cincinnati, and obviously he's been with Sean McVay, so yep. they have very similar backgrounds. Um, it's just a matter of which person, individual, do you think will motivate your team the best, and that comes from Coach Eberflus doing his uh, meetings and getting to know the guys for the two, three, four, five, eight hours that he had them and uh, taking the information that was presented to him, and, and then he had to make a decision. I know going through those interview processes, hiring defensive coordinators and offensive coaches and – special team coaches is not easy. And uh, most people can draw outside zone on a chalkboard and draw their favorite third down or red zone play. But it's a matter of which guy do you think can motivate your team the best and get the most out of your players. So Shane Waldron will run the ball. He will not be all screen passes all the time. <laughs> and he is quarterback friendly. You could promise us those three things. And a yes, man. I can promise you he will try to run the ball for sure. Now, he may throw a lot of screens if the quarterback can't throw the ball down the field or he can't protect. Sometimes screens are the only chance you have if you can't protect the quarterback or the quarterback struggle and get the ball down the field. So you got to be creative in the screen game. I've been there and done that. Surely we all want to throw the ball 35 yards down the field to deep daggers and curls and all that stuff and out and ups. But if you don't have the line to protect, it's hard to do. But I'm sure they'll get the people in-house where he can be very creative with what he can do. And if not, he'll still figure out ways to get the ball in the end zone. So, Jay, what? So you were with the Rams. Now, what's going on? Are you, are you in RG3 good? Are you going on the show? Like, what, what's next for Jay Gruden? 
<laughs> I'm just doing a couple of podcasts here, uh, do some uh, stuff for the 33rd team. It's a lot of fun. I do a couple of radio shows back in the D.C. area, playing a little bit of golf. Uh, you know, Robert has his, his ideas of what happened back in the past. I have mine, as he said, she said, what I thought <laughs> happened, what he thought, two different things. But, you know, I just let that thing go and I was having some fun with it. And people were taking things a little personally, so I kind of backed away from it. But I'm enjoying watching these games, playing a little bit of golf and still trying to keep up to date with the 33rd team and uh, doing some work in, in that regard. I thought you both did a good job of handling the situation. You guys, it was hilarious. We didn't yeah, beef guys, on Twitter. Exactly, and it was it was it was kind of, it was it was lighthearted. It wasn't. I don't think it was anything too serious. I loved it, Jay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Go race a pigeon was a good line. I gotta say, <laughs> thank you. I, so I if Jay Gruden really too. wants to talk, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. I can't. I know I can't win on that one. So I'll just uh, stay here and do my own little things and have some fun with it. But uh, Robert, you know, we had we had some tough times there. His early career, he was a a great player in college. Had a great rookie year. It just didn't work out with the two of us and. I'm sitting here doing podcasts and radio shows, and he's uh, a big wig on ESPN, so he won the battle. <laughs> there, there, there is that. Uh, you know you're the vocal twin for your brother. People are saying you sound exactly like your brother. Have you guys ever, like, pulled a prank on each other, got on the phone? You represent no, John. He no, did I don't think we sound that much. I, I think if you got John on the radio right now, you could tell the difference. He's a little more surly than I am. I'm more <laughs> positive. You're the positive guy. <laughs> like yeah, it. I'm Mr. Positive. Okay. Yeah. No, we're, we're uh, you know, we, he's he's doing a good job. He's doing having some fun, playing some golf as well, and uh, hopefully he'll get back into it in some capacity at some point. Well, Jay, good luck with the thirty third team, man. Thanks for answering some questions about Shane Waldron and uh, the state of the Bears. We'll do it again soon. All right. You got it. Thanks for having me on, fellas. All right, thank you. That's uh, Jay Gruden, former head coach in Washington, offensive coordinator, employed Shane Waldron. Was very positive. I he, mean, I mean, you know, he likes him. He likes him. He's going to run the ball. Sometimes you have to throw screens. There's one thing we have to cover before we get into the other stuff. Do you think, this is from you, Danny. Oh, so, so what, what you're, you're, you're the vocal twin of your brother, John, people are saying on the text line. <laughs> you guys ever try to pull pranks on each other? <laughs> Danny, how would that sound? So if, I, if I'm yeah. Jay and I'm calling you John, am I saying, hey, John, it's... It's you, John. No, no. Oh, what's what's going on? Well, man, I'm on the phone, man. Hey, like, man. I'm hey, on, mom. I'm on the phone, too, it's with mom. you. John, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you, John. It's <laughs> you on the phone. Me, John. Pull a prank on each other. <laughs> Pull a prank each on each other? As each other is what I meant. Hey, like, you. Hey, me. It's you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Hey, R- RG3, let's, let's call John, and we're going to tell as him it's him. As each other. Hey, John, like, this is you. Oh, I'm going to call my wife. I, I sound exactly like you. I could call your wife, know, and she would think you that you You said on each other. I meant as each other. I meant as each other. Simple word. You can Damn. change everything. Damn. <laughs> All right. Screw you guys. Yeah, on each other doesn't make it much sense. John would know who he is. Jay would know who he is. All right. That's the that's good. That's the guy to support. That's <laughs> all it too. Yeah, no, they're right. They're right. No, but Gabe, you get it, right? No, you're right. Like when that happens, we have to bring it up. You're right. It. It's good radio. It's you're right. And now we'll forget it and never bring it up again for sure. Until you're right, exactly. Until tomorrow's open. <laughs> Where Tanny will imagine a conversation between Jay and John Gruden. Oh. Pranking each other. Pranking each other, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we can all imagine a conversation between them. I'm sure it happens often. Oh. <laughs> right, they're, they're brothers. They, ha- they have to talk all the time. We can call it now if you want, for the day. For the whole day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we still got to get to Peter King. We'll see. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Peter, it's me, it's me John. <laughs> hey, listen, if you got John on, that'd be a, that'd be a huge story.
uh, at this point. All right. I emailed him. He said some <laughs> tough things back. <laughs> <laughs> at least you got a response. That's pretty badass. No, he didn't get a response. Uh, He's making an inappropriate email joke. That's excellent work. We got any giveaways today? Oh, yeah. I should have probably said something about that. The Doobie Brothers. Thank you, Shane. They're playing with Steve Winwood. August 25th at Credit Union Amphitheater. Five pairs of tickets this week. So, they go on sale on Friday at 10 a.m., but we're giving them away ahead of time. It's all courtesy of Live Nation. You're the sixth caller when you hear this. Smoking doobies. Doobie brothers. I was smoking doobies with my brothers. (laughs) Peace out, Seacrest. All you got to do when you hear that is be the sixth caller at 312-540-0670, and you can go see the Doobie Brothers. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. We're having a little fun. I thought Gabe kind of carried the show. He did. What a voice. Shout out Zach Zaman. Love that clip right there. Hey, man, yeah, carry the show. I'll ride sidecar. The funniest was Mike Esposito, who typically fills in for Zach Zaidman. He text messages me because, you know, on a whim, I end up singing the seventh inning stretch. And he's like, must be nice. Show, oh, yeah, one show, game. Show up one game and get the seventh inning stretch. I was like, yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool, man. You're wearing a socks hat. Yeah. You fill in one time. You get the seventh inning stretch. And they all defer to you, and you belt it out in front of 40,000 people. I mean, that's a pretty incredible thing. Shout out Pat Hughes, because he just walked into the booth and was like, hey, Gabe, you want to do the seventh inning stretch today? And I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 I'm not doing that. No, 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 you guys are good. And he's like, no, no, you you should do it. You should be in the thing. And, I was, and then at that point, it was like, okay, when's the next time Pat Hughes is going to ask me to sit, sing the seventh inning stretch? Never. Yeah, there won't be there a won't next There won't be time. another. So I said, absolutely, I'll do it. And that's when I, I caved on the second one. So it was cool. I loved it. I'm sure Zach Zayman, I mean, he's he's filling in, you know, for Coom in that moment. So he's probably thinking, this is cool, you know? And then he's like, who's this? Why is Gabe next to me? <laughs> probably. I would. Yeah, yeah, I would. yeah, I would too. I would too. I'm like, this is my moment to shine. Like, why is Tyler Buterball next to me right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, and like, be honest, because he's not here and he's not listening. Sure. He's scouting sure. shortstops in the Dominican Republic, yeah. Okay, yeah. right, with a cocktail. Speaks of Salty, too. Right. 100%. Came in because he was there that day. He was not happy. He came in for that day with, with like eight, at all that with, you got to sing the seventh with like stretch. eight people, and so he was like showing off the booth, and then it's like yeah, and I was like yeah, dude, we're singing. And he's like no, <laughs> no, really, it's like, like, it was like the most awesome thing ever. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, keep doing the speaks. Let's go. Give me some more. No. Gabe, <laughs> come on, baby, you gotta just own it. You gotta be ready for the moment. <laughs> it's got, that's kind of, you know. Yeah, but kinda, you know, but behind really those good. words in that eye was, oh, was no, no, yeah. pure jealousy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why. I, I get it. That's why, you know, I made it a point when he when he did play by play that weekend in the summer. I made a point to be like, dude, incredible job. Like, you know, lift it up even more. Oh, so you didn't mean it? Even more. Oh, he was, it was a very good job, but you it's called a great it incredible. Job. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You elevated great. it. You yeah. wrote Right. I just think it's because he's a professional <laughs> singer. Yeah. I don't want to. And he, and he wants to do it very badly. I don't want to. I don't want to say this, but Spiegs also knows that I used to be in a, in a, in a R&B group, and so I used to travel the country as well. So he, him and I, we share this love for music. Oh, so, so you're a professional singer as well. 
I don't want to say this, but three years in a row, Chicago Music Awards, nominated songwriter of the year, losing to Kanye, losing to Twista, losing to... Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're traveling the country singing? Yeah. Okay, well then... Yeah. Small little thing. That's how I got into radio. Love music. Well, then you can teach him a thing or two. No, 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 no. He's <laughs> a real singer, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> He's a real singer. All right. It was fun, though. Shout out to that clip. We'll live forever. Shout out to Zach Zayman. Love it. It will. Well, that's going to be one of my goals for this upcoming baseball to season. To sing the seventh inning stretch? Is to, you know, put my thumb on the scale in places where I, where I know that I could place it and get us to sing the stretch. Okay. Yeah. Got to throw out the first pitch last year. That I didn't even have to do anything for that. That was just kind of presented, which was amazing. Helped uh, facilitate a little play-by-play for Speaks, and then he's taken it off and run with it and has done, as you called it, an incredible job. Yeah. We, all, we all agree. He's made it into a big thing, launched a podcast. He's done all sorts of connections now in the, in the play-by-play world. He's great at it. That was, that, was, that was from this show. We know some people over there. I mean, how many times do I need to see Harry on the video board? That's it's a just, great point. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like I, we're bumping off you know, Chicago fire people in hey uh, hey Mike that's Dixon. my employer hold on hold on i'm just saying <laughs> when the chicago fire people are wait, you work no, for chicago no, fire the, the tv show he's talking yeah, about yeah gabe Danny's oh. talking about the tv show but, oh. but i wouldn't put it past I'm the you lower, working on that either i'm the lower lower chicago fire <laughs> soccer team that i'm talking about i am not talking about the chicago fire I, you have a lot of jobs i do, I do. you got a lot of gigs no but most important dad <laughs> thank you <laughs> But I see what you're saying. One of the most enjoyable <laughs> Chicago, Chicago Fire, fire of season. Yeah. When I'm not at home. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think it's so, I don't I'll think it'd be I, hard to, to get that to happen. I don't think it's gonna Zero. be either. Yeah, I know. But I have made it known before and it hasn't happened. So I think I have to be a little bit more overt with it. I will say this, it definitely seemed like a last minute thing. But that's not what I want. Yeah. I want it to be prepped, ready to go, promoted, jerseys, week in advance. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We're we are the yeah, Parkinson Spiegel. The Parkinson Spiegel show yeah. are the guest conductors of the seventh inning stretch. Are you having Shane and, and Tanny in the? Uh, I, I hope so. Room? Yeah, absolutely. Bring a couple Sox fans up there. Shane, a couple? Yeah, yeah. Bring no Sox fans up there. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just one in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I, I, I think that'd be amazing yeah. if, if the four of us did it. That would be that would be incredible. We were all on the field for the for the first pitch. Two mics though. That's only a, that, only two mics. That's okay. Okay. My voice carries. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Just prepping you. I, yeah, you're, you know? you're, you're, you're prepping, you're prepping me prepping for, you, for yeah. four people. Because Speaks is going to want a mic. I know. <laughs> so you got one left. <laughs> and you have a Hall of Famer and Pat Hughes and the, the rest of the gang. There. No, no, no. They don't get to sing it. Oh. Pat doesn't get to sing. Okay. Yeah, oh, Pat. like the Parkinson Spiegel show is singing. Correct. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Pat and Ron do not get to sing. Okay. No, the, 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 on the video board, joining us now for the seventh inning stretch from 670 The Score, the Parkinson Spiegel Show. I like this. And then all I want to do is the little, I mean, obviously I will sing, but I want the 10-second intro before, you know what I mean, where I get to say something to, yes. to the crowd. Yeah. Ooh, Cubs, if you're listening, that, I would not that, give him that opportunity. Six I, seconds. I, I want, Six seconds. I want the intro while the organist yeah. is just, like, filibustering, when they're like, let's score, let's get some runs, let me hear you. You know, I, I want the six seconds on the front end, and then I'll fade into the background and let these guys Put sing. the mic out. Yeah. Just let the people do their thing. Throw something into the crowd. I'm definitely going to bring some stuff out there to give away. Throw Shane into the crowd. <laughs> throw, Shane, throw Shane into the crowd. That'd be great. Tumbling down. Yeah. <laughs> and just for that, Cubs, he just said that he's going to say, let's get some runs in the intro. 
Famously, they say that in the outro. <laughs> so let's let's figure out who gets the microphone. Here. I'll be prepped. I'll be prepped. Shane, I'm gonna have a night. I want to mean. Was it was Mongo? Right, he's, he's got a take for the first ten Mongo, seconds of the stretch. <laughs> Mongo, Mongo like got this. thrown out of the game for calling out the plate umpire for the bad call. Yeah, Angel Hernandez. Angel yeah. Hernandez. So I want I, those six seconds of of improv time and to, to, to get a message out there. That's my time to shine. Not improv. You're talking about it in January. <laughs> and you also just said you'd be prepared, which is not improv. It's true. It's just is this just you saying hello to Craig Council from up there? Hey, Craig, I'm up here. Hey, Craig. Nico. Oh, what? Nico. Uh, two. Sinker sliders play. Craig Council, what up? Dude, how amazing would that be? Hey, everybody. Nico Horner, Tuesdays at 2.30. That's the play. Let That's me the hear you. A yeah. one. A two. Right? That's the move. Yeah. And I'll do something shameless like this. Speaks would be too professional and embarrassed. I'll yeah. do something shameless. He, he'll be wondering, or he'll be trying to remember whether or not Cracker Jack is singular or plural. Right. Yeah. Like- right. So I, I want the intro, and then I'm happy to pass the mic to Shane, Danny, and whatever. That'd be, that'd be great. We're going to make it happen. Any, uh, any, any lines you guys are going to be working on there? I have... Uh, no, I got, I got nothing prepped for that. I'm just, I'm just vibing with him. Yeah, he's just... A, he's just, a, just there to harmonize. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe a feature in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Custom, <laughs> custom version of the song. Dude, could you Spit imagine you, bars. You, trying to, you trying to harmonize with Speaks? It's going to be a, lo- a cold look to, to you, Shane. A cold look. Where are you going with this? Oh, God. All right. Um, all the parents out there want to know. What is the biggest ripoff in parenting? And no, I'm not looking for college as the answer. Okay? Biggest ripoff in parenting. So I have some experiences and suggestions from the weekend. Then we'll talk to Peter King. It's Parker to speak on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.